This episode of Laser Time is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. And you listeners can go to caspertrial.com slash laser time and get 50 whole dollars towards any new mattress. It's Laser Time, li- not very live. I'm not going to do a full Don Pardo. Welcome to Laser Time, the Internet's 15th leading pop culture podcast. Uh, I can't not do Don Pardo. Even though we're not talking specifically about Saturday Night Live this episode, we did pick a brand new topic like we do every week and grab our p- a panel of expert and friends. Who is with me? Uh, Mr. Giggles, Dave Rudden. Mr. Giggles, Dave Rudden. And featuring... Oh, Matt's not a featured player. Musical guest Matthew Allen. <laughs> it's always fun to do, and just because <laughs> S- SNL's coming back and we're in the Halloweeny spirit, we want to do something about corpsing. Yeah, we fooled you with the title, ha ha ha. A lesson in corpsing, yes. Uh, but corpsing is not a term that's even very much in my vernacular. I had to look it up after Matt suggested this, both as a Halloweeny gift and with SNL coming back on the eleventh. You may have heard of the show. It's been in the news a lot lately. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and, I, and I do. So w- one of the things I want to say about that is with that, I like, I don't want to weigh in on the Shane Gillis horse shit because who cares what I think. But it was it's more that like I saw just a bunch of younger people like, S- who watches SNL anyway? I'm like, man, God damn it. I mean, you're, you're perfectly entitled to like not like the show. And I, I think there's room for improvement after the last season. But there is something cathartic about having this outlet as a society, like a weekly thing that helps you, in certain cases, laugh at monsters <laughs> or horrific occasions that let you vent out your weeks, your week of frustration, and like sort of mocks everything that's that's bothered you or gone through, gone filtered through your head. It's it's a it's an institution, not just as a television program, but for me, like something that helps me feel better about the week, especially in times of strife. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think, you know, uh, South Park is maybe one of the only other shows that can respond quickly to world events. And they have to, like, jump through all kinds of hoops to be able to do so. Whereas right. SNL, like, it's always been designed to be written, rehearsed, and performed within the span of one week. And so it is always topical. It's always the most current show that's reflecting what's going on in society right now. And it just so happens that since, oh, let's say 2016, there's been a lot to respond to in the yes. world. Yes, yes. Yeah, it, it's a. It. I mean, it's not a perfect show. Um, I think it, like with the whole Shane Gillis thing, like there were a lot of clips pulled up of like, oh, here's some racist stuff they've done in the last twenty years, which is. Right. I, I mean, they, I stumbled they should upon be, some researching this show. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they should be held responsible when they like, when they like Shane Gillis tell a shitty joke that is just, you know, punching down racism. But, you know, for all of that, there's also a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of, like, subversive uh, you won't stuff you won't see anywhere else level of comedy. Right. Um, but, but part of that imperfection is also corpsing. Yeah, yeah. That's the thesis. It's the thesis of what I'm talking about. Because if SNL is, has to be topical, has to be done fast, you, you have a week. That's it. You can't refine it. Is the comedy timeless? No, it is not. But it's, uh, it's responsive and it's immediate. And there is something great. There's something great about participating in that. And part of the reason it's really fun is the idea of corpsing 
cracks everybody up. Something about laughing together, even when a sketch goes wrong, it enhances the experience for everybody. So like the, the energy of laughing. I only say that because like, I, you know, I just saw like in all the tweets, like fuck SNL. SNL has always sucked anyway. I'm like, I don't have the time to argue with you, but like, is there an alternative in your YouTube podcast world of like a, like a consistently funny, like, like concisely written thing? I hope there is. I hope you have an alternative to SNL because mm-hmm. to me, it really like, it just, it helps the ratings spike the more political strife we're going through on SNL because mm-hmm. it, it's just helpful mm-hmm. for people. So I hope, yeah. I hope you're not, your life isn't just filled with the podcast and YouTube clips of people just complaining for an hour because that, that cannot be as helpful. Yeah. Also, I yeah. hope like Shane Gillis, your alternative isn't Mad TV because that show is butt. It has its <laughs> moments and is also incredibly racist. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know yeah. you're offended by that. Uh, what was it? The PG Soprano skit? Yes. He was a Bateman. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess we should give a notice here. Like some of these clips I did find, uh, you don't have to go back that far where they can come off as offensive to some people. Um, I'm thinking of one in particular with Phil Hartman. Uh, it'll, it'll pop up. But um, it, that's the thing. It's just a different time. And because SNL is always a reflection of its time. Yeah, but one thing that is that is timeless, as Chris was saying, is, is the fact that it's live. Mm-hmm. There is this, like, energy in, in all of these skits and, like, and corpsing. I guess we haven't really defined it for these people. It's We would uh, – on our side of the ocean, of the pond, if you were Americans, we call it breaking character. Corpsing is actually a British term that people in theater just use in its origins. Um, I think this is unconfirmed, but most people think it, it has to do with it's, if you're trying to play a dead person on stage and you and you start laughing. Because that would be the most infamous example of corpsing. If you're playing a corpse and you start to giggle at something going on on stage, that's bad in theater. And so that that's sort of its origin um, what about that, that yeah, British he, comedian who actually corpsed on stage like because he died? It's one of the weirdest <laughs> clips I've ever seen. He, and he's wearing a fez. It makes it all the whole more funny. <laughs> I wonder Sorry. if he caused anyone to corpse thinking he was actually, actually it, he, dead. He literally gets giggle. pulled through the curtain as he falls backwards because they don't know what to do. <laughs> but I, I just love the term. It's corpsing is like corpsing. such an odd term. And that's why I think it, it was such a – I wanted to swerve you guys for Halloween. I'm like, oh, you're going to think this has to do with zombies. But no, this has – it's simply breaking character or breaking to electric boogaloo as I Ooh. like to call it. And, and Dave, you had, had – uh, you managed to find a clip that actually describes corpsing. What, what is it? So you gotta, can you so, um, in a very meta fashion, uh, the, the clip that I grabbed is from 30 Rock, which of course was a sort of um, – it was Tina Fey's follow-up from SNL where she plays the uh, the showrunner of an SNL-type show. And this episode was one of their live episodes. Mm-hmm. And within that episode, um, Tracy Jordan is determined to mess up the show by purposefully corpsing. Mm. And this is actually from their live episode, right? The East yeah, Coast yeah. version. I'm blonde. (laughs) President Obama, in your own words, why are you a terrorist who hates America? That's an excellent question. Uh Uh-oh. I'm doing something called breaking. (laughs) 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 Giggle, giggle. The audience loves this. (laughs) Idiots. Just go to commercial. Go to commercial. 
Uh, and we will in just a moment. I, I wonder if that's not a thinly veiled jab at someone that I know is going to come up later on the show because he is one of the most notorious corpsers on SNL that Tracy Jordan actually – or not Tracy, <laughs> uh, Tracy Morgan had a little real-life heat with because of uh, him always cracking up during sketches. And get the thing is, is you have to – and so like the thing with corpsing is like – it's not always good and it's not always funny. Sometimes it's just really annoying. It's like you almost have to earn it. You know, like, there are certain people that are like professionals that never break character. And so when they do, it's really funny. But yeah, people who are just always doing it, eh, I don't know. They'll, they'll come up later, uh, I am sure. We will mention them. Right. And I wanted to start out w- just with the most famous example before we go to a tiny break. Just because I think w- the most famous example in my generation is the Debbie Downer principle. Mm-hmm. And that's why I wanted to start out with that one. It was a character played by Rachel Tratch that seemed almost cruelly designed to make her laugh because every she's Debbie Downer. She's a character who says always morose and macabre things in the middle of polite company, bumming everybody out. And then the camera zooms in on her 1970s style and does a muted trombone noise. Yeah. So <laughs> I have a feeling there was probably some element of that that no one knew ahead of time. I think I think I, it was the trombone sounds. Like they were yeah. all reacting to that. Especially if like yeah. you can see out of the corner of your eye that it's an actual trombonist from the SNL band, like it, cupping it a trombone. Help, it doesn't help that two of the people in the sketch are people we're going to talk about. They're notorious corp. They're they're a duo of corpsers that they will giggle every sketch they're in together. They I are. Think that's but, that's going to feed into it. But it's it's also funny because. Lindsay Lohan is doing her best to keep it together, and it's mm-hmm. it's funny to see someone of her stature crack up. But it's I most interesting to, to me as a big SNL fan, someone who never ever corpses. Amy Poehler is laughing. She yes, almost yes. always holds it together. And Fred Armisen, I think he said he was so new, he was too afraid. He never he never breaks at all. He he, uh, he he there. I have one clip later in the show where he breaks occasionally, but it's very rare. Yeah, he's a consummate professional. No, I think he said in this case he was just he was too scared. But like, yeah, like seriously, you can pause any second. Everybody is looking down at their plate of food. I love it when people are laughing too hard. They really concentrate on the periphery of what their dumb characters might be doing. And Jimmy Fallon oh, yeah. is literally like putting butter on his waffles and cutting them up and putting syrup it, on them. Oh, oh, at one point, Horatio Sands dabs his forehead with his Mickey Mouse waffle because he's but yeah that's one thing we should mention is some of these clips you you do owe to yourself go watch them because it's tough to get across in audio we tried to pull clips where you can actually hear because because what tends to happen i think another reason it's called corpsing is as a performer you will freeze up and do everything you can to try to hide that you're laughing and Mm -hmm. so a lot of the time it comes across as crying Mm -hmm. because you'll almost start to cry like one infamous example is a classical one in like the wizard of oz there's like a scene where dorothy she's it looks like she's like hiding behind another character but it's just because she's trying to keep from laughing at this character the entrance he just made yeah so it's like they're they're always like yeah they will cover their mouths they will cover their eyes their faces you'll notice they'll always kind of look away from camera but we tried to find examples where you can hear if you it. can't hear anything happening with the actors just listen for the audience because the audience is reacting to everyone cracking up on the stage because they're trying to silence themselves basically and so here's a little clip of Debbie Downer hey hey Pluto hi in Disney World boy it must be fun to work here. Although the biggest drawback to working in a theme park is that you must live under constant fear of deadly terrorist attacks. Pluto, <laughs> <laughs> wait, where are you going? With that costume on, he's probably in the early stages of heat stroke. <laughs> <laughs> 
the audience is losing it because Rachel Dratch is like dropping her head and visibly cracking up in front of everybody. That's still all, all the while she's being zoomed in on. Too. Yes, yes. Like her yeah. her head has to fill the screen, and it's 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 one of the funniest SNL videos ever, in my opinion. Especially this mm-hmm. clip is one of my. <laughs> Everyone's already laughing, but she, a new line must be delivered. It sounds. It actually sounds so bad because it sounds like she's crying delivering that line. I mean, if you really want to know what it is, that they actually there is a digital short that I think was for the 40th anniversary. Yes. Chris, if we want, we can go to break. We with will, that. but I, I just wanted to explain one more thing about the Debbie Downer principle in general because apparently mm. Lauren Michaels hates it when you break because it was something like the Carol Burnett show did. I remember when when you watch like Spanish language uh, sketch comedies, they just like crack up at their own jokes in the middle of a sketch. It, it oh, is, I, have, I have the most famous Carol Burnett example actually. I have a clip. Oh, you do. Uh, yeah, well, we're, well, we're but, actually another performer. Remember Mama from Mama's House? Mama's Family? Mommy's Family. She yeah. swears at the other performer because he just keeps – it's uh, Tim Conway because he oh. makes everyone crack up. But so like so like this is the first Debbie Downer sketch. So when they did it again with Ben Affleck, I think like a year later, mm-hmm. in reruns, they run the dress rehearsal one where everybody cracks up because it makes the sketch funnier. And like I know it's something – if I was writing a show, I wouldn't, or performing in a show, I would try and not do that because it's the, it's not yeah. very professional. It doesn't, but it it's something I mean, the audience yeah. constantly enjoys and remembers. Yeah, I think the reason that Debbie Downer was so special is, I mean, uh, we will have clips of things that happened before Debbie Downer, but I, I remember around the time of Debbie Downer, like this is an all time great SNL cast. Yeah, they are professional, even when Fallon and Sands are there. It's still like. <laughs> There's still a level of professionalism, and this is a skit where they just the bottom drops out. Like, there's not just giggles here and there; everybody's laughing. Yeah, yeah. And it, yeah. I can I can also see from Lauren Michaels' perspective where SNL is a show that is so tightly scheduled that that has to be part of it. Yeah. Laughing, yeah. That's gonna that's gonna throw everything off. You're gonna have to cut lines that yeah. a later skit. It's gonna mess everything up. And like, granted, this is good TV, but you're perhaps. You know, this this led to a an all time great skit that never aired because they had to cut it because this one went an extra minute or two too too long. I believe that know? the story of Debbie Downer is the last time they were going to do it in 2010. The show went long and it had to be cut. That's how the show works. Mm. And it, but again, like the whole cast cracking up, it becomes one of the most memorable moments in the show's history. Which is why I say, like, again, you're free to not like SNL. It, it's sure it's not for everybody, but like I think what's great about it is the idea of like an entire culture laughing at itself. That's really neat uh, on a weekly basis. Like that is fucking topical and cathartic. Yeah. If it, and so there's two versions of the Ben Affleck Debbie Downer sketch and they show the one where they break. So I don't know. I don't know what Lauren's position really is on it because they're seemingly admitting that one is funnier, but let's talk more about the, we're going to go back a little bit and then uh, show you our favorite examples of corpsing. When we get back from this short break. Listen up. It's the night of the show, your sketch is killing, the audience is having the time of their lives. When suddenly it hits you, a case of the giggles, and you know that you can't hold it inside. 
I hope you're well rested because if you're not, oh man, this is going to be the perfect sponsor for today. Casper Mattresses. Yes, Casper Mattresses, baby. Offering you one hell of a sleep experience for an outrageously reduced cost. And even better than that, if you go to caspertrial.com slash laser time, you can get $50 towards any mattress that you want right now. And when I say any mattress, I mean from twin to California king. And if you don't know what Casper Mattresses are... Uh, They are mattresses that combine high-density memory foam and premium latex to create a sleep surface that contours to your body and keeps you cool and balanced through the night. Casper's dug deep into the science of sleep, and they're trying to offer you a better mattress at a much better cost. And one of the ways Casper has cut out the cost is by not having stores throughout the entire country. Instead, they ship the mattress right to you. As a result, Casper mattresses are up to a quarter of the price that you'll find in most big box stores, and even better than that. And if you have any reservations of a mattress being shipped to your house, Casper knows that, and that's why they've provided you with a hundred night risk-free trial you don't like the casper mattress give them a call they'll come pick it up for you get rid of it and give you a full refund if you're in the market for a new mattress please consider casper and even better go to caspertrial.com slash laser time to get 50 dollars towards any new mattress would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the laser time crew then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Like, I just saw the TV movie of It for the first time, like, a few years ago. Never seen it before. TV movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you oh. obviously didn't rent it when it was on VH, like, two giant VHSs, because it was, it's really long. It was aired over two nights in like 1990, and that's why it's like it, it's at some at times it's like a really straight horror movie, then other times it like really pulls its punches because it's airing on like ABC or some shit. And yeah, that, no, yeah, that's where I would always watch it. It would just play on cable TV. Yeah, and 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 I saw that, and I was and and I was like, I really like this, except for the adult parts. Why is that there? <laughs> yeah, that was. Yeah. So when I found out they were splitting the movie in two to the adult parts, I'm like, that's a terrible idea. Because, like, this is this is the dumbest part about the entire story outside of yeah, the, the it, kid that, orgy it, in the book. Yeah, so watching chapter two, I mean, I like Bill Hader. Yeah. <laughs> but the pacing sometimes felt off, and it wasn't really scary. Oh, and, le- and let me say this. I walked out of that movie and still think... I enjoyed the fuck out of it. I had a great time. Oh yeah! I, I grabbed no, I mean, my like, friend's arm, his, his son's arm. We had a great fucking time. But when I, but I also, on further reflection, I'm like, was that terrible? And was that a horror movie? <laughs> it was and, not good. It was fun. Get bonus time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just five dollars on Patreon.com/slash/LaserTime. And yeah, coming in and out of the break with the song The Breaks from uh, the 40th anniversary special with Andy Samberg 
uh, Adam Sandler, and Bill Hader's in there too. Aww. He is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they make fun of him because he is a notorious corpser, and Sandler was too. Sandler would giggle during sketches all the time. I, I, I don't remember Sandberg so much. There, There is one sketch I do remember him doing it a lot. Yeah, I, I didn't remember them doing that much. I just, I, Adam Sandler always had like that classic 1970s cast commitment to characters where he was, even Kenan Thompson, as, as good as I find him, he is almost always constantly smiling Yes. On the verge of yeah. breaking, right? And yeah. Stanley was like yeah. that too. Yeah, but the, the earliest example I could find—I mean, this has been going on since the show started in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, the earliest example I could find—I don't know if it's the first time it ever happened on the show—but um, someone who is notorious for kind of making other people laugh um, was a sketch with uh, Candace Bergen and Gilda Radner. Yes, the where, Society of Extremely Stupid People. Yes, yes, where. What happens is is Candace Bergen just calls her by her own character's name, um, and then it just they just lose it from there. And Candace Bergen doesn't even try to hide it. She's just in the background laughing out loud, and Gilda Radner just like uses it as a chance to like take some jabs at Candace Bergen. It's it's really fun. It's, Check it out. It's fucking nuts. And and I I think Dave's heard me say this a thousand times. I'm not sure I can even go back and watch the seven the original cast. I don't revere them as much as history might because like. None of them seem to know their lines. They flub everything, and they're not corpsing as much, but like it's super unprofessional. So I think I think the book hadn't been written on what you're supposed to do if you start laughing like that. And beyond that, she she said the wrong character's lines, which is something you don't you see much left off, oh, yeah. and then they then they crack up. I mean, yeah, I, I've probably watched every episode from the year 1980 up to today, but probably only about a half dozen of the original like f- first five seasons just because the pace is just so lackadaisical like you could corpse and it wouldn't be like so as bad as it is now where everything is so tightly scripted but they, where it's they, like, they don't because like i had the first three seasons on dvd when they were trying to do that and it immediately stopped uh yeah. It's it's crazy because the, the first cast is so revered, but that first season, like nobody knows who these people are, and no yeah. one's laughing. People, people don't know their lines. They're like, you know, they're so coked up, and it yeah. think the, the the skits are like seven eight minutes long because that's how often you did commercials back then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and and nobody's laughing. Yeah, just had he had room. Maddie, what are you doing? I um, sounds like somebody's sweeping some coffee. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and was mopping it up. Well, we got all that. Um, Perfect. <laughs> your coffee is fucking corpsing this podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. This is from the. This is from somewhere in the first five years, and it, it always makes the clip package because I think it is the most most notorious corpse it's, in the. Uh, Nineteen seventy six is when this is from. Right? Yeah, uh, the this it's it's and it's such a dumb sketch too. <laughs> she's just she's just poured her milk into her. Uh, into her purse and says, her purse, yeah. this doesn't taste very good because she's stupid, get it? Gee, this milk isn't too good. I'm still thirsty. Well, that's because you poured it in your purse, you see. Oh! You're not too bright, are you, Fern? I mean, whatever your name was. <laughs> Lisa! <laughs> As a matter of fact, you're extremely stupid. Well, you're right, Fern, you know, and I'm proud of it. You know, we all can't be brainy like Fern here. And so the audience is going nuts because Canon Berg is, is she just like gives up. 
and <laughs> just puts yeah. her head in her hand and just starts laughing. Uh, I will say an extremely beautiful Candace Bergen oh, yeah. too, man. Like, holy smokes. Yeah. And I, like, I had one clip I wanted to play, but Matt did a lot of the structuring. So I'm going to let uh, you handle I, I This is just, I heard Dana Carvey talk about this on, on an episode of, I think it was Howard Stern, actually, a clip from Howard Stern. It was about breaking and I, I, and it, it works so well in audio. That's why I really wanted to play it because I didn't, I've watched this sketch a billion times, but since I'm watching it, I'm not paying attention to the sound. Dave, Matt, do you remember the pepper sketch? I think they did it back oh, when yeah. Dana Carvey was a cast Fresh member. Pepper. You wanted a pepper, and they'd they'd usually end up seducing the woman or like putting their arms mm. around a man and like jerking off the pepper container. And I, I mean, was that like I, the uh, like of the sauce? You like of the sauce? Like, like that? It's that's actually a different sketch. <laughs> different, different, eth- different ethnic stereotype. Yes. Um, <laughs> And, Same and again, joke, different ethnicity. Perfect. This, this, this is 25 years ago, not in uh, Shane Gillis's case of uh, less than one year ago. Uh, <laughs> but this was always a favorite of mine just because, like, yeah, you have pepper at the table. And I would ask my brother, like, fresh pepper? Just oh. like Sandler and, uh, and uh, <laughs> Carvey would do to each other. I did it all. And this is, and this is from the bad years, like the 95, like right before Sandler and Chris Farley are fired. Because yeah, well, I mean, if Carvey's there, then it's going to be somewhat decent. But Carvey's hosting, he, so so the story, oh, hosting, right? So the story, okay. the story behind it uh, that I didn't know is that Farley was off doing a movie, and like you're in a sketch, you have to be called back in. Uh, you have to come back in. He's like, dude, I'm filming a movie. You, he's like, we need you, and he gets there, and like, what? So what am I doing? I'm like, you have one line in the pepper sketch. <laughs> And he's like, what? You made me fly back from Canada to do this one stupid fucking line? So Which that one line I can also recite from memory. Yeah. <laughs> so when you see him, you it's I didn't know that the way Chris Farley delivers this line is intentional. He's mad. He's he's mad that he has <laughs> to be there. He plays it so fucking huge and so big that Adam Sandler just turns his back to the camera and you just see his body start shaking. What I didn't what I didn't know Dana, until Dana Carvey's story, you can hear him saying in character, don't the break, don't the break. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is a great example. Chris Farley, I guess the segment I wanted to kind of transition into is there were some people, we started with Gilda Radner, who I said is notorious for making the other cast members laugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Farley was also one of those, and this Pepper sketch is the perfect example of that. The, he's, he has one line, and I don't know whose idea it was to put him in this a beard this big, but it looks ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> And and so like yeah you have one line all you have to say is yes I would like some pepper that's the perfect amount of pepper it was <laughs> it was just supposed to be exposition but this is what Chris Farley decides to do anyway big fat bushy beard big fat bushy beard he like a three twists of pepper three three no making me proud eh? freshy pepper why. Yes! Say when. Alright, alright. One. Heck, who is Three. Why, thank you, Pepper Boy! That's the perfect amount of pepper! Bravo! Grazie. <laughs> but but one of the things and Horatio Sands does this too and I'm surprised he doesn't get in more trouble you can see him 
like a missile trying to make eye contact with Sandler because his goal here is to is to hurt him, <laughs> is to make him crack up. He's playing to an audience of one. And, and it, I don't know. I love this clip. It's, it's worth seeing visually, but did you hear Carvey in there? Don't break. <laughs> don't do well, what's it. great is, is is the the next uh the next farley sketch i have he's he sounds very similar and he's doing a similar thing uh to david spade yeah. where in this sketch like there's stuff he's doing and it's a funny i mean it's a classic sketch. you're gonna recognize what it is as soon as we start playing it mm-hmm. but there are bits where literally you can tell he's playing just so david spade cracks up like the, especially the physical stuff he does with them you want me to play it now go ahead no. uh, actually matt i kind of want to be a writer well, la frickin' God! We got ourselves a writer here! Hey, Dad, I can't see real good. Is that Bill Shakespeare over there? Huh? Well, actually, Matt, uh, Ellen and I have encouraged Brian in his writing. Dad, I wish you could just shut your big yapper! <laughs> now, I wonder, Brian, from what I've heard, you're using your paper not for writing, but for rolling doobies. You're gonna be doing a lot of doobie rolling when you're living in a van down by the river. Spade is losing it at this point. And I don't. And I don't. That was that. This is the first sketch for Matt Foley. I think oh, it yeah. was, yeah. So this is so, David Spade and Christina Applegate are the kids that he's trying to scare straight. And then you heard there uh, Phil Hartman and Julia Sweeney play the parents. And I will say this, like Phil Hartman almost never yeah. broke. Like everyone in the sketch starts giggling, except Phil Hartman at the very end has a slight smile as Chris Farley's walking out the door. He doesn't break. It's like, oh my God, it's it was, so good. It was close. But, but you hear the audience going crazy. Van Down by the River wasn't a catchphrase yet. They're laughing right. at, at by how hard Christina Applegate and David Spade are trying to hide that they are laughing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he literally picks David Spade up, starts shaking him. Everyone <laughs> starts dying. That's This is the one where he collapses on the coffee table, which had, had to have been rehearsed, but they look like it surprised them. They're like, whoa, what the hell? Like, yeah, well, just – well, yeah. I, I love watching it because I think – was it Norm MacDonald talking about it? He's just like, you know, most people like break a fall with their arms. Like watch him – watch him – <laughs> watch Farley do that. It's just his face. Like he goes down face first. Yeah, I, I'm also like I, I mean I love that skit, but um, Spade and Applegate they're both playing like surly teens, so they're yeah. they're almost in the prime position to corpse because they're just like curled up and like covering their face like a like a surly misbehaving teen would, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they're well. Yeah, most teens they won't make eye contact. They're just gonna yeah. look away. Like if they had phones back then, they would have been checking their phones. Yes. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they're probably yeah. reading their spin magazine. <laughs> I should, is, this, is, this a, is this a creation of Bob Odenkirk and Chris Farley, I believe? I think Bob Odenkirk yeah. was credited with helping create the character of Matt Foley. And again, it's, it, that, it is one of those SNL things that feels a little old, but I think it's like most of the stuff Farley did will hold up because he has that John Belushi quality where he, no one's making him crack up. It's always the other way around. Mm-hmm. And how, mm-hmm. how would you tell if Chris Farley broke? Because he's usually screaming at a thousand decibels, sweaty. <laughs> yeah. I think there's one sketch. I couldn't find it, but there's a Bill Brasky sketch where he does lose it. Mm. It's it's him with, and he's in that sketch with, with the next kind of person that is notorious for making people corpse, which is Will Ferrell. Yeah. Um, so Will Ferrell probably, God, this must be 
is this the most famous SNL sketch of the past 30 years? You guys, this so, first yeah. one here I have. To, yeah. So mm-hmm. this is a, a sketch. This We all know it's it's the cowbell sketch. I, ha- I have to and, try, I think, once a week to not quote this in regular conversation. <laughs> so here, yeah, this is good. a sketch with Christopher Walken playing famous producer Bruce Dickinson. And Gene Frankel, played by Will Ferrell, is the cowbell guy in Blue Oyster Cult. And I think one of the reasons everyone's laughing is, so you have... Of course, Horatio Sands and Jimmy Fallon are bandmates. You have Chris Parnell, who's he, to his credit, he's playing it serious most of the sketch. And then Chris Kattan is also one that was notorious for giggling during a lot of sketches, dude. Well, they, and um, <laughs> I think the, to me, what I've, since I've watched this a thousand times, I think one of the reasons everybody breaks is because Will Ferrell's shirt comes up and his midriff comes out. <laughs> he's wearing, the shirt is about five sizes too small for him, the entire sketch. And, and it's like, I forget who it is, but in the middle of the sketch, they, they get so mad at him because he it's a guy who, God, I hope you've heard the song Don't Fear the Reaper because Gene's really hitting the hell out of that cowbell. And somebody, somebody grabs Will Ferrell and shakes him and his shirt comes up even further. <laughs> and it just literally... <laughs> It also has this nice – there's some physical comedy in it, and I've, I've noticed in a lot of these sketches that's when sometimes people will lose it. It's when you touch each other. So there's that moment where he has the cowbell, and he starts to beat it very slowly, like and deliberately to annoy the, the lead singer, and that's when other people really start to giggle. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think these people are – I mean, they're professional comedians. They know what makes people – you know, what things make people laugh. And I think when you sense somebody is starting to laugh about something, you'll just get closer to them and do it closer to them. Like mm-hmm. with Matt Foley, he gets right up in David Spade's face. Uh, you can you can uh, see his breath flowing across his luxurious hair. Yeah, the same with the cowbell. You just do if you just do it closer and closer to somebody who's already laughing. Yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna make him lose it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. of course, Christopher Walken always a pro. Doesn't break at all because he never doesn't look at the cue cards. <laughs> I mean, he's just like us, baby. He just puts his pants on one leg at a time. He, yes, he's wearing gold plated diapers. <laughs> uh, oh, love this sketch. Come on, Gene! Come on! Gene! That, that, it doesn't work for me. I gotta have more cowbell. <laughs> Blow this for us, Gene! <laughs> You're being so selfish, Gene. <laughs> Can I just say one thing? Say it, baby, just say it. I'm staring here, staring at rock legend Bruce Dickinson. The cock and a walk, baby. And if Bruce Dickinson wants more cowbell, we should probably give him more cowbell. Say it, baby. And Bobby, you are right, I am being selfish. But the last time I checked, we don't have a whole lot of songs that feature the cowbell. <laughs> I gotta have more cowbell, baby. <laughs> I'd be doing myself a disservice and every member of this band if I didn't perform the hell out of this. Guess what? I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell. <laughs> Thank you, Bruce. So I, I just, like, try and... Bring yourself back to not having seen this sketch and being a human. And every moment you have to gain your composure, Christopher Walken is screaming something funny. <laughs> I've also noticed when people are about to break, you notice how Will Ferrell got louder and more in character there? Like, he's almost like trying to force his way past giggling, where he's just like, I've just noticed I, when he's asking for more cowboy, and he just goes into his character. Meanwhile, Jimmy Fallon is literally laughing right over his shoulder yeah. on camera. He's like moving around. It's it's because Will Ferrell, to his credit, rarely ever did that. He's usually the one making everyone laugh. And mm-hmm. I, I did. Mm-hmm. 
I just in my recommended videos had the only other time I can think of where Will Ferrell in a Debbie Downers kind of way the camera is like right on him. Uh, it's in the Jeffrey sketch with Sean Hayes, uh, where him and Sean Hayes and Jimmy Fallon are like a uh, fae. Uh, fashionistas and Will Ferrell comes out in a rascal scooter and opens up a cell phone. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> that's, that's, the scooter that's like the size of a quarter, and he can, <laughs> and he delivers his line in the exact same way because he's trying not to laugh. It, it gets very monotone. It almost sounds like he's like like taking a drink of something while it's happening. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, the other it. really I, famous Will Ferrell example I have is. Um, well, it does include Jimmy Fallon. Surprise, I got surprise. I got the clip right here. I just I, oh <laughs> yeah. okay. Yeah. I mean uh, to that to the um, to the Jeffries skits. Yeah, uh, which they did multiple times, and I think they 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 uh, corpsed multiple times, like in different skits constantly. Because in addition to Will Ferrell, there would also be Horatio Sands would come in, and it to contrast with everyone else looking like you know for for the you know late nineties, early two thousands fashionable. Um, Horatio Sands would come in, in in the dumpiest, like ugliest clothes possible. I remember one time coming in with a uh, a Looney Tunes it's, leather jacket. It's one of my <laughs> it's one of my favorite underrated lines from that sketch. What? This is a genuine official Looney Tunes jacket. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna eat a taco in my cell. And then he's doing the same Farley eye contact thing, like making sure Fallon is looking at him while he delivers his line weird. Yeah. And and so and they're already cracking up, and then Will Ferrell comes out in a rascal scooter and they yeah. just it's one of those things where I wonder if it's um, you know, to to flash forward, like if it's a Stefan type thing where they don't know, like they don't know that Will Ferrell will have a tiny cell phone or that Horatio oh. Sands will be wearing this absolutely stupid that's, like outfit that is possible yeah. like uh, let's see it, it's again this is more visual but you can hear this is the audience going nuts over the opening of a cell phone <laughs> okay you guys <laughs> hold on Hello. Yes. Really? Splendid. <laughs> We're going to the Dolce Gabbana show. How fast can you have your bags packed for Milan? <laughs> well, I've got my Jasmine bag packed already. <laughs> my Paul Smith doesn't. <laughs> my Paul. My Paul Smith does saying au revoir. Line totally ruined. <laughs> but yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I love that he's just doing a Zoolander character there too. A little like bit. That's, yeah. But but just looks ridiculous. His hair is so. Oh, it's it's like the worst time for that stupid Caesar cut, which I admittedly wore too. <laughs> is uh, it as bad as his, his chest hair and his beard in the uh, the lovers, lovers sketch that we have here, which which features again Jimmy Fallon and Rachel Dratch, who. Uh, yeah, was notorious for laughing at Will Ferrell because he, for some reason, always could kind of get a rise out of her. But um, so this one also has Drew Barrymore. The setup is they're they're all in a hot tub at a hotel where Jimmy Fallon just a traveling businessman, and he comes across this couple who is quite strange and uh, well, kind, let's kind let of it trying to speak. angle them into a, a four way. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. But the, the funny thing here, and, and so Rachel Dratch has said. The reason she starts laughing is Will Ferrell will do 
things that he didn't do during rehearsal. Like he'll just, you'll hear it in the way he like pronounces one of the characters' names. You can tell that's total ad lib and it makes them all lose it because he's also <laughs> playing this guy who just like everything he says sounds ridiculous. Like he's trying to be sultry and it's just like, what the fuck? Like spiced meats. Mmm. Like it's so, so gross. Dave. Dave. David. 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 Right. Our dear friend, Barbara Hernandez, is the top female archer in the Northeast Division. That's unbelievable. Does anyone care for spiced lamb shakes? Oh, what is what? Well, at this point during the soak, my lover and I usually crave spiced Yeah. So yeah, Will Ferrell, pretty good at making people laugh. Uh, another one that is really good at making people laugh is more recent mm -hmm. is Kate McKinnon. Um, and in this sketch here, she is on with a host who's notorious for laughing in, in all kinds of live situations. So Ryan Gosling cannot oh, really? keep a straight face on live TV. See, like, I, he I, is, I, I thought part of the reason why this works is because Ryan Gosling in real life comes off as kind of uptight and just kind of humorless. Well, he's not really known for comedy. Yeah, he's not. But he, but I've seen him on like talk shows and stuff. Like what was that movie, The Good Guys, or whatever that he was on with? Um, yeah, the Shane Black movie with Russell Crowe. With Russell Crowe, and so there's there's a bunch of sketches where they're on talk shows together, and he's just losing it, cracking up. Like he's he just can't keep a straight face. And in this sketch, Kate McKinnon, she is making both him laugh as well as Cecily Strong. Um, and this, so the, the premise here is they've all been abducted by aliens and Cecily Strong and Ryan Gosling's characters are describing this like euphoric situation. Like, oh yeah, and they took us and everything felt amazing. And Kate McKinnon's like, they made me pee in a bucket. Like, this is not the experience <laughs> I had. And just the way she says it, she's smoking her cigarette the entire time. Everyone in the sketch is trying not to laugh. It's she, so funny. And, and Kate McKinnon's job is essentially to come up, I think, with 10 new euphemisms for her genitals that the world <laughs> has never heard before in every one of yes. these sketches. And it's wonderful. Uh, <laughs> yes. I think this sketch opens with, I think, well, this clip opens with one of those. Yeah, a little different for me. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I had my shirt I came in with, but my pants were gone. <laughs> So, uh, my coot coot was out. <laughs> a little porky pig in it and a drafty dome. Now, did you all stay on the same ship the entire time? Or? Well, you know, my body did, but my consciousness was shown what lies beyond time and space. It was so beautiful. I'm sorry, I'm just crying about, just thinking about it a little bit. <laughs> Do you need a tissue? What? No, I'm sorry. I just, I'll use my shirt. Um, the alien showed my mind the furnace of all creation, what we would call God. What? <laughs> <laughs> These fancy cats are seeing God. Meanwhile, I'm starting phase two, which is me sitting on a stool while 40 gray aliens take turns 
gently batting my knockers in. <laughs> Did y'all get the knocker stuff? Uh, no, no knocker stuff, sorry. And did you feel threatened, Miss Rafferty? No, 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 no. They were, uh, they were real respectful about it. They were, they were in a line, and then uh, one by one they'd step up, slap a knocker, and then go to the end of the line, wait for another turn. And it didn't hurt. It was like, I'm sorry, pardon me, Sharon. It's kind of like that. No harm, no foul. I can't, I can't believe to, Matt that revelation of like. People's laughter does tend to enhance when two people touch each other on stage. Yeah, yeah. It, you you lose it. it. It immediately takes you out of character. Like I've done some it's stage crazy. stuff, and it's unless you're expecting it. Like if it's because when you do like stage shows, that you know your blocking is like, well, here's what's going to happen. So and so is going to grab you, or whatever. And so if anyone touches you unexpectedly, it immediately takes you out of character. It's wild. Way more than anything anyone could say to you. It's the the, the touch yeah. is such a different sensation. Wow, and then these. This is I don't know. I, whatever this character is, I really. Kate McKinnon did, has done it a couple times, and I always yeah. really really like it. And you should look yeah. in the eighty Bryant and Bobby Moynihan people who also don't break that often. Super professional. They're sitting on the other side of the interview table and have plenty of time to regain their composure. And you can tell they usually just have. They're, they they yeah. just stopped cracking up and like wiping a tear away. Eighty Bryant, I've noticed she's. All, she's one of those that's almost always on the verge of giggling if someone's really being funny. There's a sketch in here later that we'll hear. But um, you, Chris, you brought up dress rehearsals earlier. So dress mm -hmm. rehearsals are funny because it's like that is when, if they're going to get the giggles out, they try to get them all out. Well, and there's there's twofold reason for it. It's, it's it's also old school as you can think. Like if something happens to the satellite feed, they have the sketch already. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it hasn't happened a lot, but there's been plenty of instances where like uh, – they replace something that goes live on air with something they filmed, I think, two, three hours earlier. Yeah. Like it happens. Yeah. In and, and so I was talking about Phil Hartman being a pro and almost never breaking. And the one rare time, there's a couple times I found, uh, there's another one that's from the live show we'll play next. But the one time I found where he is obvious about it is actually during a dress rehearsal where he's on a show. It's like a talk show that's supposed to be hosted by Cher. It was, at I the time, was Cher playing. was hosting infomercials selling a oh, bunch yes. of garbage products. And he, yeah, he's playing a doctor who's supposed to be super straight laced, and I, straight laced, and I think he just flubs a line. But you'll hear Phil Hartman break, which is so. I remember Phil Hartman like there was a, an SNL like an anniversary special where they were like, "Phil, you never get out of character. Like, just be yourself." And it was almost like he doesn't know who himself is. Oh yeah, it was when he hosted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it just no like life. I'm always like this, you know. Oh shit, that's right. Did you see? I, we most young people wouldn't know this, but I got it targeted at me on Facebook that there's a Phil Hartman ABC special that's airing like yep yeah like right now oh, wow. um, oh, that ad, yeah I'm like oh it's shit am I gonna am I gonna watch a primetime network news show I think I might be but it, yeah. since it includes Andy Dick talking about giving Bryn. uh Phil Hartman's wife cocaine not realizing that she had an addiction and that it would eventually uh, lead to his death yeah, yeah it'll be fun but yeah, they called they, they called Phil Hartman the glue because he could hold a sketch together. And I do look. I repeat, he he's playing a bad actor in an infomercial, and he mm -hmm. does this beautiful thing where he's just a bad actor, and you can watch him struggle with the pronunciation live for environment. And I <laughs> I always say envi environment like that. Uh, let's it, yeah, I love this sketch. Hello, Brad. Hello, Cher. <laughs> I'm glad you could stop by because I have some exciting information about Laurie Davis's new product, Exciting Hold. 
I don't know if Lori told you, but her new hairspray is alcohol-free. <gasps> amazing. Oh, wow, amazing. And that's good, right? Yes, and I'll tell you why. An unfortunate side effect of alcohol is stickiness. Also, it's bad for the environment. And <laughs> 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 its dress. Nice. Oh, he's so cool. I love Phil Hartman. So, so, so the one time I, I found that he does it on, on the actual show is a sketch. Um, he's supposed to be on a talk show with they, – they would sometimes do – it was Kevin Nealon would play Tarzan. Yes. And this is where I was talking about the stuff that's a little offensive now. So John Lovitz was playing Tonto, mm-hmm. uh, not Native American John Lovitz. And then Phil Hartman would play Frankenstein. He did this great Frankenstein. The most and offensive so, character. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Uh, and so, yeah, in this sketch, it's like this talk show where he's asked about like a nuclear arms treaty as Frankenstein, and then he just loses it. <laughs> yeah, and this is this is super super rare for Phil Hartman to break. Absolutely. Now, before we move on, let's talk about something that is in the news very much these days: the INF treaty. Tarzan. Tarzan-like treaty, make world safer for Tarzan and boy. All right, there's a strong <laughs> endorsement. Tonto? Mmm, we no trust treaty, Kimo Sabi. All right, Frankenstein? <laughs> okay, but what about the INF treaty? Excuse me, Miss Fulmer. Frankenstein not understand question. Oh, I'm sorry. The INF treaty, it outlaws uh, medium-range nu- nuclear, excuse me, nuclear missiles. Uh, at least that in the European theater. <laughs> I don't know why that got to him. He's just uh, the only other time I, I saw him close to breaking, and I'm, I'm just reminding this having seen the roast of Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin was doing a sketch where every time like a new woman enters the room, uh, he he gets caught kissing one of the other ones, and like I knew it. It's it's supposed to. <laughs> Be like this I, I, aristocratic uh, soap opera, and Phil Hartman is the last person to walk in the room. And he's like, just as I thought. And then they start kissing. Aha, two guys kissing. Yes, it was that era. But they come together so violently, like it looks like someone almost lost a tooth. And <laughs> and and like you can see him start to laugh there because it looks like that. I I cover my mouth every time I see it because it looks like it hurts so bad. Yeah, I found one uh, one other one that it it didn't play well for audio, but he's playing Johnny Cash, and yeah. <laughs> something happens on the set where a sound throws him. You can tell like someone drops, like like a stagehand drops something or something, and he kind of like reacts to it, and it takes him out of character just enough where he starts to giggle. And luckily, he's able to like you know throw the line over to someone else in the sketch. But that's the only other one I found of him doing it live. Dude, I I hate how funny it is for something to fall off screen. I mm-hmm. I have to. I spend a lot of my life eating and eating by myself and a waiter dropping something that I can't see it. I almost lose it every single, I'm glad I have headphones on. So I'm like, it's a podcast. Oh God, <laughs> these people are hilarious, but I, I don't know. That would get me too. I have no idea why that works for me so well. Um, so then I wanted to move on to another dress rehearsal one that this is kind of recent and it's not only is it one of the funniest sketches that was on the final show, but it's one of the funniest dress rehearsals because Larry David is the host, is the guest host. And, you know, normally on his show, he, 
you I don't know how he doesn't laugh the entire time because it's all improv and it's always ridiculous and silly situations. Well, I, on I'm, 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 I was watching it like 40 seconds before we started recording. Larry David is constantly laughing during Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's it's <laughs> being, yeah, it's being this, improv. He's always laughing. So the premise of this one is it's like it's like police training academy or something where they have these. It's 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 like that that game Hogan's Alley on Nintendo where it's like shoot this guy but not this guy, and so they I, have to be they have to know which people to shoot. And he plays this like outlandish guy named Kevin Roberts who's wearing like an orange suit and has like an old school cell phone and. I think he's like making himself laugh just thinking of the character and what he's going to be dressed as because he's in full like street apparel during the rehearsal doing this and he's still cracking himself up. And I think part part of it is that Larry David isn't like a professional actor or even a comedian. <laughs> so he's but I love him hosting cuz he's instead of acting, he just yells as loud as possible <laughs> at all times. Um <laughs> uh, so this is Kevin Robertson. Larry, yeah. Larry David playing someone even like 1% off of the normal Larry David character mm-hmm. is already so intrinsically funny. <laughs> yeah. Like he, there's another skit he had in that same episode where it's like, um, and, and there's some of my favorite like skits of the most like recent few years where it's um, uh, Kyle Mooney and Beck Bennett doing like, uh, like a terrible unfunny uh, it, it like sitcom. And they're all they're always um pre-taped skits, but they're always my favorite thing. And uh, Larry David has one where he plays like one of their best friends who just wants to drink beer, and it's basically Larry David, but it's Larry David five percent different, and it's the funniest thing. <laughs> and that's why Kevin Roberts is great too. And I think, and I, I I feel like well, I occasionally have to do sketches on this show, and I'm not a professional, and so I I thoroughly relate to Larry David because every once in a while, I'm not I'm reading my lines. I'm I'm not thinking about anything, and then I think about how how stupid I am behaving, and I just start laughing. Thankfully, I can cut it out. SNL is now the luxury, just like this Kevin Roberts sketch with Larry David. I'm Kevin Roberts, and I'm the coolest bitch in town. <laughs> I'm Kevin Roberts, and I have a very important question. <laughs> Oh wow, I have Pete Davidson's shirt in the dress rehearsal sketch. God, I feel cool. Uh, <laughs> I mean, honestly, can a bitch get a donut? That's what I really just want to know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it seems like they were trying to make another David Pumpkins character here. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. But it's um, another one. And this one is a famous sketch that features a famous corpser. Um, but the Californians California. had a tendency to make these people giggle. And this is during a dress rehearsal. And I guess let's just let the sketch speak for itself. But you you will hear Bill Hader Making, he's cracking up, and it starts to make everybody crack up. Oh. Next on, the Californians. I'm glad you came over, Devon. Yeah, I'm glad, too. <laughs> Maybe you should get going before Stuart gets home. Probably right. I was thinking I'd take Can You Drive over to San Vicente, and then make a left and get on the 405 North from there, and then I could just get off of Mulholland. I totally like that. Yeah. Hey, honey. 
I brought us some tangerines. This guy was selling them on the off-ramp every by the two. Devin? What are you doing here? <laughs> sure. Why are you home so early? I skipped Wilshire and took Beverly over to Santa Monica and then took that all the way up. Oh, hey, Esther. Yeah, I just came over to fix the outside speakers on your patio. Everything sounds pretty sweet. How was work? Yeah, I think you should get home now, Devin. There's nothing going on, Stuart. This is when Hater starts to lose it. Get back on San Vicente, take it to the 10, then switch to the 4. North, and then to Milan, where you belong. At this time of day, it's gonna be jammed. You have the 10 and get out of here. Oh my god. We should have oh, mentioned so oh part part of part of the funny thing about that sketch is they always cut to the sh their reactions. And so because he Bill Hader can't stop laughing, it has all these close shots and he's trying to be serious and have this like dumbfounded look, but he's just cracking up like turning his face away from the camera. It's and and, and that was another example of Fred Armisen like occasionally will just crack up. Yeah, and I think well, they've said the basis of that is it's such a stupid Stupid sketch on paper and in a description. But as as a guy who has lived in Los Angeles, yeah, this is how we talk to each other when it's like, well, how'd you get here? What route you take? And people and and it's that whole thing in SoCal. We say the whatever with the freeway, the four hundred five, the one hundred one, and that is not that far off from the truth. I mean, obviously it's exaggerated, but that's how people talk in LA, and they're like, well, which, how'd you get here? You fixed San Vicente this time of day? Are you insane? Yeah, but the, the like, way the, in the additional layer, the way they talk about it is that like. They initially started doing stupid Southern California accents, but there's a natural camaraderie or co competitiveness that every person needs to say it's stupider than the person who just said it. So no matter how you write it, they end up exaggerating it more and more until like, I think the last time you see the sketch, like it's barely words. <laughs> because they sound drunk. They really do sound extremely drunk. Yeah, it's um, like you forget what it's supposed to even be about because they've done it so many times. It's it's it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it always makes me laugh. It's just not one of my favorite. It's just. It, but I think that's because it's such a personal thing between all those people. Yeah, there was a, a sketch that is was dress rehearsal only that kind of recently resurfaced for me. Um, did you guys ever see the Gus Chiggins sketch? I did, but I, I could have sworn I saw that on the air. Yeah. Mm. So. This one is is dress rehearsal. It's in, no, it's it's on S the SNL YouTube channel saying this was cut for time, but it's Will Ferrell playing this old prospector Gus Chiggins in the military. And of course, if you hear who's in the sketch with them, you got Seth Meyers, Daryl Hammond, Jimmy Fallon, Horatio Sands, and Tracy Morgan, just and Chris Kattan. He's making them all giggle with everything he says because he's he's just playing this ridiculous old prospector. Oh, that's because right, it's a very serious war powwow during the Afghanistan yes. war. And they yes. and they decide to bring along like you know we need a bomb sniffing dog and a sniper and, and an old prospector what? Yeah. And, well, then the big reveal at the end is he's actually just an actor playing an old prospector, and they let him. So they I, let him I, just I, play the role. If this is from Dress, and this is a dumb thing to remember, but I just wanted to point it out. Um, back in the day, uh, SNL. Uh, now they have a really great YouTube channel. I, well, they, I call it really great because there's a ton of stuff on it. But a lot of stuff disappears from it all the time. Every time we try and yeah. do one of these shows, 
it ends up being a fucking hassle. Something I know I watched on SNL's YouTube is just gone. But uh, they used to release DVDs, and for some reason, the Will Ferrell DVDs were packed with cut dress rehearsal sketches. So maybe that's Mm. where we saw it, because I know I saw the sketch before. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Yeah, but the Will Ferrell DVDs—they were real fun. His, you can you can watch him say the N word <laughs> as as Robert Goulet. He's singing a, I think he's singing a Cisco mm. song. How many <laughs> people have seen that online recently? Yeah, <laughs> but he just said he pronounces it to get a rise out of. Well, it would, today it would get him fired. But uh, Gus Chiggins is the old prospector in the Afghan War. Here's a clip of that. I was saying earlier. You'll be disembarking at 0500 hours. You should all be well prepared for the mission at hand. Any questions? The group gets separated. Where's the rendezvous point? Oh! <laughs> That's easy. Top of old boot hill. Just follow the dry creek bed. <clears throat> but be careful. There's quicksand. Gus, please. No peaches. Yeah. What can we expect with regards to firepower? Well, we're looking at Doshka heavy machine guns, SAM, shoulder rockets, nothing we can't handle. I'd be more worried about coyotes if I were you. <laughs> For the last time. <laughs> oh, cinnamon and gravy. Captain? Yeah. Um, are we not an elite group of troops who rely on stealth for our effectiveness? What's your point, soldier? I'm just afraid that with all of his pots and pans banging around, the old prospector's gonna compromise that. <laughs> Why don't you just worry about yourself and leave the prospecting up to old Gus Chiggins? I ain't going to battle with this stinky old man. I think you need to learn some manners. <laughs> I think you need to shut your, shut your mouth, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Gus, what have you got yourself in? <laughs> I, I, I don't believe I've ever seen Tracy Morgan lose it. So that's that's Yeah, that's well, I think part of the reason they're all laughing is every time he moves those pots and pans all over his back make yeah. like a huge cacophony of <laughs> yes. sound. And of course, he notices it's making him giggle. So Will Ferrell plays into it and like bangs the pots together <laughs> just to get a rise out of everyone. I, I do want to point out that Will Ferrell, more so than most other cast members, is just a funny looking person. It just no, <laughs> no matter what you put at him, put him in. He's got like those dull shark eyes and yeah. <laughs> just pointing pointing through a prospector beard. He'll always look silly. God damn! Just looking at his face would probably make you laugh if you were trying to play it straight. Motherfucker! Yeah. I mean, it is funny though. We had both Morgan and Fallon in that last sketch because mm-hmm. actually, so now I kind of wanted to shift into there are some people who are notorious for laughing, and I was talking earlier about. It's not always appreciated. So actually, Tracy Morgan is on the record as, as he's mentioning, you know, Jimmy Fallon, and he's asked about like, well, how, you know, how did you deal with that when he always cracked up during sketches? And he kind of just, yeah, he says, you know, all that laughing and all that dumb shit he used to do, that's taking all the attention off everybody else and putting it on you like, oh, look at me, I'm the cute one. So, like, it wasn't always appreciated that he would crack up. Right. There's also, and this is a clip I couldn't find anywhere. I think they've taken it offline. But there's straight up an episode of Family Guy where Peter Griffin, like, beats Jimmy Fallon on stage and basically saying, this is for laughing and looking at the camera during every sketch you've ever been in. Who do you think you are? Carol Burnett? You haven't earned what she's earned, buddy. Like, it's just like, yeah, it was It was to the point where he was just kind of known as the giggly guy. Yeah, it's, it's weird. And he's. I guess he's probably, like, Sandler in that sense that he, like, 
his characters worked really well in monologues on update, but like he, he can sort of ruin a sketch if you yeah. <laughs> if you give him too big a role. But, but sometimes when he's with his partner in crime, Horatio Sands, the two of them together make each other laugh and then make everyone else in the sketch laugh. It, it equals magic. For example, in a little sketch called Cork Soakers. Do you guys ever see the no. Cork Soakers? Yeah. It's it's similar similar joke to the pepper sketch or the like of the sauce. It's a double entendre sketch it, that they. Uh, it's very similar um, to, and I think it might have been around the same time as the uh, the Colonel Angus sketch, mm-hmm, which, mm-hmm. which is uh, a bit of a minor miracle that people don't cr- crack up during the Colonel Angus skit. <laughs> but this one, this one is notorious because everyone is giggling. Uh, Chris Parnell, I think, is the only one who's manages to keep a straight face. But then it makes – I think Janet Jackson is the guest host, and oh, she yeah. could not ask a straight question. She's giggling the entire time. As we like it to say, cork soakers are born, not made. <laughs> <laughs> Luigi here was simply born to soak cork. Uh, come on, Luigi. <laughs> I love soaking a cork. I could have soaked a cork all the night long if they let me. <laughs> I would have sucked two corks at once. <laughs> so, are all corks the same? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> um, I like to soak the big, thick cork. I like it along a skinny one. Uh, I like the dark ones. <laughs> <laughs> the great thing about the cork soaking is that while you are soaking the cork, you can also massage at the grapes <laughs> until the cork is ready. So how did you learn to soak corks? Soak corks. You know, I'll never forget the first time I soaked the cork. I was 15 in a summer camp. <laughs> You know, I've noticed that all the cork soakers are men. Uh, do uh, women make good soakers? Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> oh, Monica, Carmela, come in here. Come on in. Madonna, come It's a woman with no teeth. Monica, tell these nice people how you soak the cork. Well, ever since I started soaking cork, I'm the most popular girl in school. Is it true? Men come from all over just to watch us soak a cork. <laughs> and Grandma Carmela still soaking cork at age 87. I got to say that. It's a great, great thing, you know, Italy. Good Lord. So I'm I'm corpsing. I've never seen this sketch ever. <laughs> oh, well, what's funny is is Jimmy Fallon actually isn't giggling that right. much. Like he, everyone else is giggling around him, and he's making everyone else laugh. And meanwhile, Horatio Sands has prop comedy, literally massaging a thing of grapes. It's oh. you know what I'm going to speculate. Like, yeah. I, I'm going to speculate that he wrote the sketch, and that's yeah. probably why he's not cracking mm-hmm. up. There's nothing funny yeah. about it when you write it. It's almost yeah. like a. Th- it, this just seems like from a surface level, like the dark souls of performing skits where it's like, <laughs> like say this multiple times, don't laugh, but also don't say the profanity that you're, you're dancing around. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Janet Jackson really came close and, and yeah. that's a, that's a scary one to, to try and explain to the FCC. 
<laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, you mean Janet Jackson had to explain something to the FCC? Uh, Shock. Yeah, she's probably she's probably on like a bunch of like in the middle of fucking dartboard targets like the FCC right now. They hate her over there. Um, <laughs> so uh, another notorious corpser that kind of came later. We we already had he's been in a few of these. So Bill Hader, and and I think Dave, you brought up uh, his most notorious character where. This the reason it kept happening. It was the Stefan sketches on weekly uh, weekly update. So this, this, weekend this, this update, feeds sorry. into like, does Lauren really hate people cracking up? Lauren Michaels really hate people cracking up on camera because he seemed to allow the writers well, to this, get away with anything here. Yeah, well, this one they straight up wouldn't. I mean, the I think I don't know if it's been verified or not, but I don't think he got to see the script before he was on camera, and so he's just reacting to stuff yeah. that he's reading for the first. No, time. not everything, but uh, I think. The names would be the same because there's always a very specific pronunciation that Bill Hader has to do. But uh, John Mulaney would change around a couple of the tags and the examples. Yeah. Mm. And he would change the everythings in it has everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, which is funny. So the, we actually have two Stefan clips and one of them oh. does have John Mulaney in it as his lawyer. And yeah, well, let's let's start with that, the first, that, that first dude's one. like the funniest dude ever. He was the funniest host of last year. And that this is his on screen debut at SNL. And he doesn't get to say shit. And he's like one of my favorite comics. I just find it bizarre. John Mulaney rules. Uh, yeah. And he's one of their better hosts now. Yeah. So let's let's listen to Stefan losing it and making uh, making uh, Seth also lose it with him. This place has everything. Asbestos, lupus. <laughs> The magazines at Supercuts. Dan Cortez. <laughs> Kiss me, I'm Irish. You're on fist. So Stefan was like, him breaking up was the highlight of the piece. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was him trying to make Seth a corpse as well. Was always sort of that like they, he would be giggling and then he would look and and make eye contact with Seth Meyers and of course he would then lose it and that was that that was the appeal of the Stefan character. Yeah, but, um, well, going back to like John Mulaney's like pre, you know, fame appearances on SNL, um, like back when he was a writer. There's actually a really good clip uh, online of. Uh, and this is almost anti-corpsing where John Mulaney had a bit part in a skit uh, and the skit is actually not that good at all. It's um, that, that uh, the yogurt that would make people crap themselves. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, Jimmy Lee Curtis is like the host and all John Mulaney has to do is do the uh, take one, take two with the, with the, the clapper or whatever it is. And he misses his cue and you wouldn't notice it. But he talked about it on, I think, Seth Meyers or something. And they show the skit and they show um, Jason Sudeikis waiting on John Mulaney to come in and do the take two. And he's just so, like, stone-faced. Like, this fucking writer just is tanking the skit because he didn't make make it back in time for his cue. Oh, no. Wow. Like, like, how often do you see people angry – Right, other people on SNL. It's almost it's pretty rare, but like yeah. Well, well. So when when Mulaney does come back to host, there is a thing where he's on a sketch with Stefan with the new Weekend Update hosts, mm-hmm. and uh, it has become notorious because Mulaney is not only kind of cracking everyone up, but he 
So Bill Hader got to the point where people would try to make him laugh. Like you could tell they were intentionally doing stuff to try to make him laugh. And so in this next clip, like he whispers something in Bill Hader's ears and he loses his shit. And then Bill Hader <laughs> later goes on Seth Meyers show and he's, he's like, well, what did he say to you? And he tells him what he whispered in his ear. Uh, so let's listen to the clip of, of him corpsing first. Yeah. You can party in the VIP room with a group of human squatty potties. <laughs> What is a human squatty potty? It's that thing of, you know what? It's a new era, and I don't want to say a word that could be insensitive. May I consult my lawyer quickly? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Great. He's an attorney and a conceptual piss artist. <laughs> shy. Shy. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? <laughs> Guy, do people still use the word? Oh, <laughs> thank you, Shy. <laughs> I heard. I heard. So I heard. You, you could hear what he says, right? I heard you my heard girlfriend, it. and then that's it. So he, he he's whispering in his ear. We don't have to play the talk show clip, but what he whispered in his ear, and I, I didn't know you could hear it, but I just heard it now. He says, my girlfriend works at Yoshinoya Beef Bowl, and that makes Bill Hader lose his shit. <laughs> it, is, it is a ridiculous combination of words, yes, and that's sort of what that sketch well, was well, all just, about. Mostly because of the fact that no one's thought of a Yoshinoya in about 25 years. I'm, I'm trying to find the sketch. My favorite... Bill Hader sketch slash Bill Hader break is way too visual to play. It's when he hosted from, was it two years ago, Dave, or last year? Is it? I have it here. So this is the one, Chris, we watched at your place. It's the scooter sketch, oh, right? Oh, God damn the it. That shit was so funny. So, so yeah. Um, because you can, There's something we, about when people use scooters. We already talked about earlier, Will Ferrell. So there's a sketch called Girlfriend Game Night where he plays this old man who's on like a rascal scooter and Cecily Strong is his young girlfriend and they're trying to get pregnant and he his Viagra kicks in when she's on like a game night with her girlfriends so she has to mount him on top of the scooter all he says and- is it, it's here <laughs> the funny thing is so like at, after she does he's the scooter's going all over the set and the best part of it, and Chris is right, it's way too visual, but he's pushing around parts of the set and he's not aware of it because he can't really turn and see where he's going, where the other people in the sketch with him are trying to like clear things away so that he doesn't cause the entire set to collapse because the scooter's like pushing tables. It's like pushing furniture around. Well, what's, what's actually really great in the audio, and I heard him say it, I think, on Seth Meyers, is he's backing up and he doesn't. he's in a scooter, so he doesn't know he has two of the chairs that the girls are sitting on <laughs> and he's backing them up into the set about to break the wall. And you, he, you see, what is it? Uh, Vanessa, Melissa, Villasenor. Um, yeah. She, she, she's the one that's like moves she, stuff out. She's of the way, laughing right? and you can hear her saying, it's me, it's me. Stop. It's me. <laughs> and you can hear her saying, you can, you can just barely hear her saying it because he's about to, if she wasn't in like a sturdy chair, he would have just run her over. Cause he's not looking. Yeah. <laughs> there, there is a sketch that does play okay for audio that does involve a scooter, but he's not the one on it. So, uh, there's a sketch called super showcase models oh where my Maya Rudolph and Kristen Wiig are playing these like, they're models on a game show and Bill Hader's the host. And 
just like you'll hear in their performance, like they start to make Bill Hader corpse as well as Vanessa Bayer. Like they cannot stop giggling. And at one point, Kristen Wiig like is on a scooter running over things. And like Maya Rudolph's trying not to corpse because she's almost getting run over. Like, it's really funny. Check it out. Rhonda, are you sad you didn't win all these great prizes, Deborah? Uh, sad is putting it mildly. You're going to kick yourself when you see what Shauna and Vonda have in their cart. Look at this, Deborah! A lifetime supply of frozen chicken by Chicken Man. Imagine years after years after years of chicken! Right at your fingertips! They could tickle! Each chicken looks as good as this one. That's a Chicken Man guarantee. And your man likes chicken, and you might like chicken! <laughs> You like chicken, Deborah? I really do. I, I can't believe I didn't win this showcase. I remember I found this sketch because Kristen Wiig talked about it. It's like she she usually kept it pretty straight too, and this is she just really loses it in this one. Well, she's like having trouble unwrapping the chicken, the frozen <laughs> chicken in her hands, and yeah, and she also she has completely... to drive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then so another one I was talking earlier about how people would purposely try to make Bill Hader break. This hmm. has to be what's going on in the Scared Straight sketch, which it stars two ex-cons, Keenan Thompson and Tracy Morgan, are trying to to scare a group of teens, kind of like the Matt Foley sketch, uh, played by Bill Hader, Andy Samberg, and Bobby Moynihan, uh, caught for underage drinking. And the stories the criminals tell start to sound a little familiar, uh, <laughs> almost like they're movie plots. But it's so funny because like, when they're doing it with the hater, again, they start to touch him, and the physical stuff is where he almost loses it. <laughs> they're pulling on his lip right now. They're, like, poking his face. God damn it. Oh, oh it's so good. Uh, I, well, there's that, kinda, that, kinda, that period in between SNL, like leaving Comedy Central and then hitting YouTube consistently. I'm, yeah, I, I'm a little in the, in the dark here. Ugh. Yeah, I, I, and I'm not so caught up on modern day SNL, but I did find one. There is one cast member who's proudly carrying on the tradition of, of corpsing. Um, and we heard him a little bit earlier in that, in that sketch with Larry David, but Pete Davidson cannot keep a straight <laughs> face during most, most sketches. And in this sketch that we're about to hear, uh, he's, he's playing a young man by the name of Mordecai, whose extremely old father, Abraham H. Parnassus, played by Adam Driver, stops by his school career day to talk about his life as an oil man. And I, um, I believe this is Dave's favorite sketch of the year, wasn't it? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah. So um, bonus time mm-hmm. a couple months ago, uh, uh, both... <clears throat> Uh, we had the, the the best of yeah the previous year of SNL um, 
with uh, with Tony was there too, mm-hmm. and I think we both chose this, we or did. we both gave nominated for certain awards. It's really good. And to, and to Pete Davidson's credit, he, I've actually seen him like really shine playing certain characters, but he also tends to have to play the kid who's reacting to the person being the loudest with the most lines. Yeah. So he's he has to be in the blast radius of the biggest <laughs> characters that there are, and this is Adam Driver playing bigger than I've ever seen him in my life. It's Yeah, it's insane. It's his Daniel Plainview character. Adam Driver is just funny when he just when he plays things like when he downplays things. And so yeah, to see him go big. And this is another one we were talking about AD Bryant is she is on the verge of giggling every word she says in the sketch because she's reacting to Adam Driver just going, he's playing it so broad. It's, it's really he's funny. screaming and stabbing a crow. <laughs> yes. So there's a lot going on. Now, does anyone else have any last questions for Mordecai's dad? Yeah, yeah. I get that you're an oil baron, but what do you actually do all day? Perhaps I was not clear. <laughs> Luckily, I brought a visual aid which will illuminate the ins and outs of the oil industry. It's a dead crow. This dead bird represents those who would wish you ill, once proud, flying high above the earth in bloody defiance of her gifts. And now you return her to earth, <laughs> naked and defeated. I am lifting you away I crushed you into the ground. And now your bones turn to oil beneath my living feet. I married your granddaughter. Come on! <laughs> I want to be you when I grow up. <laughs> That's that was such a great ending. The sketch <laughs> it's revealed his rival oral oil baron. He married her daughter, and that's why he's. <laughs> fucking got her pregnant and that's who Mordecai is his fucking revenge baby against his oil baron rival oh my god yeah. and much like the Matt Foley sketch because it's, it's supposed to be a classroom full of teens they're all just hiding their faces oh or god. covering their eyes because they're trying not to laugh out loud it's really it's good stuff man and a, a quick shout out to um, I think I did I maybe mention on the best of show now that was from last year when Vanessa Bayer left because again I think I, 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 SNL that was, a, that was a previous SNL about uh, final final skits final sketches yes because like uh, I Alec Baldwin's Trump I really liked in the beginning and then I think wasn't I don't know I just maybe I got tired of it and it and that kind of stuff became the focal point of the show and you just see like these great cast members not being able to do that much and mm-hmm. Vanessa Bayer's I last mean, episode it, was an example of like they gave everybody kind of like a last starring sketch I'm like oh this whole year has been absent of these kinds of sketches yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I was. I've been like straining to think of like, have there been people who have broken during the cold open, and then I realized like it's been a long time since there's been a cold open that I actually found funny because it's just become like the Alec Baldwin show. And I mean, granted, it's a a good impression, but it's just like it's sometimes too real. It's sometimes just like too awful like the don't stop me now stuff like that's just i have i have one my favorite one in in five years my favorite one in five years is keenan thompson as santa and kate mckinnon as the elf against the Mm -hmm. super informed children (laughs) what what did al franken do (laughs) 
was the uh, the Sean Spicer sketch a, a cold open where where no. she knocks over the podium, or was that during the show? That's that would that would happen during the show. I think oh, one time it was a cold open, but other times it would just happen during the show. So like the the cast sort of got lost against this like stunt casting against this bizarre administration that you need. For me, I I personally need SNL more than ever to deal with this nightmarish comical yeah. administration. And, yeah, and when it's when it's stunt casting, it's one thing. For one thing, it's usually um, more properly trained actors, so I think that they might not be predisposed to break. But yeah, they're they're the material is not nearly as good for the for the cold open. So yeah, I haven't um, I haven't watched and, SNL. And I have professional in different ways, like. Like uh, Robert De Niro every single time being terrible at like deli- <laughs> delivering his lines. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to laugh at this. It's just sad. And uh, like I I, I understand people not wanting to watch SNL. It, I haven't watched it over the air in a long time because it's like 90 minutes. I watch it on YouTube the next day with no musical guests and I can watch every sketch in about 40 minutes. And mm-hmm. so, for example, that last year cold open was uh, Matt Damon as Brett Kavanaugh. That was yeah. 15 full minutes. Wow. So like out of 40 minutes, a celebrity took up 15 minutes of that. So like the cast didn't get to do much. So I think Dave and I, we did a, a, it's about final, uh, a laser time about final SNL appearances. And Vanessa Bayer's is with the, the fucking rock. And it's this old timey movie sketch. And because it's SNL, uh, the joke is that the woman keeps farting. I don't care how, if you're groaning right now, it's a perfect premise for a live sketch. It works great. <laughs> But because it's SNL, they have to. There is clearly somebody off camera making fart noises rather than hitting a button to make the right fart noises, <laughs> and whoever's doing it fucks up whatever that mechanism is that makes a fart noise, and it sounds like a baby screaming, and and you just see both The Rock and Vanessa Bayer like their head cranked to the side, like what the fuck was that, and they just start I mean, laughing. Yeah, like I mean, I that that skit is unforgettable for a variety of reasons. But just, I made too I, many I, mistakes. I wondered, like, watching it, seeing Vanessa Bayer, like she rarely broke. And I wonder if this skit was almost like backwards engineered to be like, look, we're going to get Vanessa to break about because wow. we're going we're to make her fart constantly and we're going to throw in some weird noises to even throw her off even more. Oh, that was where uh, the rock. Remember, the rock played my favorite wrestling, uh, fake wrestling character, Coco. Watch out! That's what I was going to bring up. Didn't didn't Bobby Moynihan corpse during that sketch? Or, or no, it was no. The, the guy interviewing him, right? Beck Bennett. I don't. I don't yeah, know because his, I love his character's job. Is when they cut the cameras off, he's like the mean gene. He just looks at his phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but corpsing, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Halloween. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Indeed. Yeah. That's all I got. No. No more clips. <laughs> Although I, I do feel it's fitting, Chris. Maybe we can do this. Maybe we go out to the credits from Cannonball Run because they are notorious for people corpsing the entire time. It, it makes yeah. Burt Reynolds look real mean because he is smacking the shit out of Dom DeLuise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to, to bring that full circle with sketch comedy, I only know that Cannonball Run credit sequence because they, I think they did it like shot for shot for the credits for one episode of The State. Yep. Oh, wow. Seriously? Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to remember. I think like the, maybe Tom the, Lennon and like Joe Latrulio just playing Dom DeLuise and uh, 
and uh, Burt Reynolds. It's it's wow, very, I, want to, I want to dip my balls in it. It's very it's very strange to watch. It's down to uh, uh, fucking say the line, say the line. And Burt Reynolds is laughing, but he is like full on like arm move, like full arm slapping Dom DeLuise across the face to stop laughing, and he oh, can't. Yeah. And, Yep, which we do behind the scenes. You guys don't hear. We edit it all out. But usually Chris or I are slapping each other to keep talking. I, I, I wish my problem was uh, getting people to stop laughing at me on this show. <laughs> I, I don't have that issue. Um, but but I, the ones we, we, we had in the, in the backup, I, I do recommend. It's just called Banana on YouTube. It's not, it's not up officially, but Stephen Colbert on the daily show because the daily show is not live. So there's no reason why you'd even need to include a take where somebody laughs, but he's, he's doing a field piece to John Stewart about a story about Prince Harry, possibly Hmm. having a gay experience, but because of British slander laws, he can only allude to certain things. And in the middle of the sketch, he just deep throats an entire banana. (laughs) And, and, and then it's like, after that, it's like to watch Stephen Colbert being incapable of delivering lines through laughter and a mouthful of half-chewed banana is so fucking funny. <laughs> it is so fucking funny. I encourage everyone to check that out. Maybe we'll include it at the bottom of this article, lasertimepodcast.com. Mm. Well, I encourage everyone to check out Video Game Apocalypse, which I co-host every Friday as part of the Laser Time Network, where we every week we pick a topic, do a top five, and then we break down the latest news and uh, other things from around the video game world. And then check me out on a show that Dave used to be the host of. Uh, you know, I brought back Cheap Podcast, the Laser Time Network's unprofessional podcast about professional wrestling, where my co-host TL Foster and I, uh, we a few times a year break down the biggest pay-per-views from WWE, AEW, New Japan and talk a little bit about stuff from around the wrestling world, give you some match recommendations. So check that out. We're on Twitter at Cheap Podcast, and follow me at Maddie C. Allen. And uh, you can follow me at Dave Rudden. Um, yeah, we'd love to hear feedback from this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and just comment on the episode on lasertimepodcast.com. Yeah, man. I just love, I love to read feedback. I mean, I don't get to do these as often. Show me your uh, corpses. Anymore. Show me your yeah. corpses. And yes, if please don't, no, don't don't do that. Don't yeah. say that. If in the, if in the process of commenting or tweeting at me, could you corpse in the middle of your comment? That would be great. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I should say, if this wasn't Halloween enough for you, we've got a new season of Elm Street Nightmare for that ass. Yeah, I haven't said that in a while. Season three, all about uh, Chucky, Child's Play, the life, work, and legacy of Charles Lee Ray stuck in the body of a doll uh, with <laughs> with a. Uh, Original host Lizzie Cuevas, because uh, Dave didn't, Dave d- couldn't talk about anything but Friday the Thirteenth, and we did ten episodes yeah. of that last year. So there's ten episodes there waiting for you, talking about Jason Voorhees, the life working legacy of Jason Voorhees, one of the greatest horror heroes of all time. In addition to the Freddy Krueger season, um, yeah, the Patreon. You me back when for season four when we do Shocker. We yeah, we do only one episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm dreading having to do Halloween because there are so many Halloween movies and most of them are bad. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I should say that's at patreon.com slash laser time. In addition to that bonus time, it's all about the, the SNL awards that we used to do in article form, which was uh, Dave, Tony, and I's uh, yeah. favorite SNL moments of the year because we are still, it's, I don't know, it, SNL is still a wonderful experience for me. Yeah. And, and warts and all. I'd love, I'd love to do this, uh, to do that kind of bonus time again at the end of the season. Me so. Too. So that's a confirmed appearance from Dave almost a year from now mm-hmm. <laughs> as, as he goes off to get married and do real work. My arm. <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, thank you guys so much. Check out 302010 as well every Thursday on uh, LaserDimePodcast.com, wherever you get your podcasts. Consider becoming a patron. Price of a burger and fries can help support all of us. Uh, keep everyone paid. Keep all the shows going up uh, as usual with the level of quality you would expect, even though I'm getting a massive hiss in my head. Hopefully that's just my uh, amplifier and headphones right now because I am terrified, <laughs> whatever this is. Patreon.com slash laser time once again. I'm not going to hit you. Watch, watch. Okay, okay. 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 I'm ready now. I'm ready. I'm ready. I spit a gun. I'm ready. We're off. Where's he gonna sit? Where is he gonna sit?